Need a little support, that's all. Know the Source on One Radio Network. Very pleasant good afternoon to you. This is Patrick Timpone, and we are going to go right back and see if we can make a go of this. And the two little cute pumpkins you see on your screen are Jenna and Brian and the Chaputa. Chaput. Yeah. How do you say your last name, sweetie? Sorry. I keep. Chaputis. Chaputis. Yeah, that's easy enough. Yeah. And Brian Bennett, and uh, and they're up in, in uh, South Puget Sound in Washington State. And you all are doing uh, some real interesting things with charcoal and biomass and vegetables and stuff. So let's start from the beginning because we we were doing this and then it got cut off and then we lost it all and let's start again. So. Talk to us uh, like we're a young child or a golden retriever and tell us what biochar is and why you use it. That's the, the main deal, right, Brian? Yes. Uh, we have a 100-foot-tall wall of biomass everywhere we look, and we try and manage it, and a lot of it is... Uh, waste wood that would generally be piled up and burned to ash but very simply before it turns to ash and it's still in a charcoal state we extinguish it with water so there's 150 youtubes on how to make biochar and we've uh, dabbled in 50 of them so we consider ourselves uh, char-making experts. Ah. But the benefit is not just for um, vegetable gardening. The actual material has a, a big amount of value. And we can take biochar and it will suck up toxins so if we're talking about somewhere like the great lakes which has had a lot of industry that area could have that poisoned water uh cleaned up so the biochar will suck up like a sponge material including toxins and this biochar full of undesirable poisons could be turned into asphalt or concrete. So it, it's somewhat removed from the environment. So there's a video of uh, 55 uses for biochar. And hmm. what we're coming on your show for is what if there there was a way to instead of run off into the rural boonie lands with your tail between your legs i can run as fast as the other scared rabbit what if we set up a well i'm going to make my stand here and i'm not going to be allowing the weather manipulators to uh, soak California with moisture and dry out 
the Washington state and create a wildfire extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. Generally, Western Washington is not considered a wildfire uh, big hazard. However, the material is here and our weather report has been two weeks of sunny dry and two weeks in the future i think the weather manipulators intend to torch this place and then people will finally get down on their knees i lost my house mm-hmm. and everything i own i'm willing to accept climate change and more importantly the co2 carbon credits sure uh i think that's what's going on and so it's not just about agriculture it's also about forestry i think so explain again though so you have all this biomass which is just uh stuff on your property right just all kinds of grass and weeds and everything right trees and stuff and brush ivy i see um blackberries it it it, it's like a it's a temperate rainforest here Mm -hmm. and in in washington state this is like the longest growing season in the entire country and that's why i live here because it's beautiful you could be outdoors year round and turning things into calcified carbon that's what biochar is and it's it's charcoal but when you add the bio to it that means it's biologically active for garden soil so that's that's why they're they're naming it biochar for gardening and the actual like um physical properties of calcified carbon they're the linear surface of just like a little piece is like the size of a soccer field so what what it holds is a commodity it's not waste material most people have big bins for biomass to be taken away and we're looking at it as a valuable commodity and that's using fire and it's a high heat condition we deny it as much oxygen as we can to leave charcoal and then from there crushing it up and then inoculating it to add those microbes minerals that we would want to have um nutrient dense vegetables in the garden interesting if you just if you just put the biochar material into your garden it will suck up all the nutrients in your soil so that is the reasoning behind pre-charging it there's a pretty amazing northern california youtuber skill cult he says well actually i'm i'm going to skip that process i'm just going to put it in my garden soil and that's his decision uh it might uh work out all right no it actually does it would take about two years for the microbes and the nature of what the soil would do on its own to move in but it would be a delayed Mm -hmm. um a delayed reaction so we're trying to be proactive and just fast track get it in with all the spring planting we have we have a large garden and i'm row cropping and i want to get as many vegetables as i can out of that garden so we with the soil analysis mineral balance and biochar 
um, the garden looks great. I'm still but trying to understand you to too of how how it gets the biomass to the charcoal. Is that simply by cooking it? And and so so these plants must be made of what are they made? Well, how does it get the charcoal? Just by burning it? Yeah, you're getting rid of all the volatiles. Uh, they disappear, and you end up with a hundred percent carbon. Okay, carbon, carbon, carbon. And does this work the same as when we take the 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 carbon that you can put in your tummy? Is the same principle going on? Well, act, activated charcoal is a little different, but every emergency room has charcoal because if somebody ingests something, uh, yeah, charcoal uh, will suck it out of their digestive system. So it's my understanding that activated charcoal, <coughs> it's about 1,500 degrees and there's a steam activation uh, activation to it so it explodes more of those pores to suck up uh-huh. so what they what they would do in your body would just be like it just takes it all out it would just suck up everything um with that we can understand that charcoal would hold more moisture it would so we're watering less it would also um it's carbon negative so it would be attracting positive ions in the garden soil, which would be calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, those are positive ions. So there is an electrical um, symbiosis that's happening with charcoal because it's negative. It's like void of. And we on our YouTube channel, and I also synced it up to Odyssey, I've taken a lot of little Sony digital videos of um, making char, like even in a hotel pan in the wood stove and the flames are being sucked out and burnt in the heat. And those are the volatiles. So that's where, where it lends to like uh, biogas, syngas is, is being taken from this process and that's industrial scale. And that's also, part of the globalization changes because biochar and all of those things are also being used by the powers that be to push along this uh, carbon credit system. Hmm. So were, were there, were there other cultures in the, in the distant past or recent past that have used this, this, this stuff, the bio? Well, yeah. Well, the story of Terra Preta, which, um, the Secret of El Dorado is a BBC video that we watched a good eight, ten years ago, and it takes us down to the Amazon, mm. where there's a story that in the 1500s, an explorer came down and saw a, a, this huge civilization, and they had agricultural, they, they were growing food. And the Amazon, it's like really acidic soil. Because, um, yeah, it, it's it's poor soil. So how could a million people be living down here? He returned to tell that he was a Spanish explorer. They didn't believe him. No, nobody lives there. And when they went back, they found nothing because I think he brought maybe some disease with him. But 
recently, this BBC covers the exploration of the Terra Preta soils. They have found that the civilization, they were using biochar at low heat, creating it with low heat in clay pots, and they were using it for their sanitation and fertility. So they recognized that the biology may have been in their excreta, but they were able to produce food to sustain an entire civilization. Wow. They, they had canals set up. It's a cool video. And that's that was like kind of our takeoff into what is this biochar? And after Brian had been cutting and just burning, like, cutting trees, removing biomass and burning it to ash for 30 years, what a relief for him to see that, hey, this is a whole new, you know, this was a game changer, especially since we're into agriculture, especially since, um, uh, I, well, I love to grow food. It's right. fun. So, Brian, what's the and, difference oh, when before you were just burning the biomass in the trees and to ash? What do you do differently now? I just show, still trying to almost understand you're creating a product that then has many benefits rather than just ash? Yeah, ash has some minerals in it. Right. So ash is not just, just uh, a non-sequitur. The biochar is created from extinguishing a burn pile why it is still charcoal okay before it turns to ash before it turns to ash okay yeah and then that material is generally crushed in some fashion we run it through a very small uh gas powered uh garden chipper hmm. and from there we mix it with grass clippings so it sucks up the nutrients from the decomposing grass clippings, and then from there it goes into the garden. And and then how the vegetables then with their roots, they just suck out whatever they need to, to be happy, right? And it's just in there for them, the, the biochar? Right. Mm. Yeah, and they're also contributing. It's an amazing little marketplace mm. under the soil. So they're taking what they need, they're living what they don't, and the different microbes that follow. It's just an amazing world down there. So Skill Cult in Northern California, he's realizing the benefits of, you know, I don't have to water as much uh -huh. because this material, and I'm sure you've heard of bonsai. Yeah. Well, I talked to a neighbor and he said oh i'm i've been in a bonsai club for 20 years of course we use charcoal we're just you know having a very small pot with a large plant in it but we're using charcoal as a medium to uh have have a place for the roots to hang on, hang on, yep. but we're using liquid fertilizers to actually feed the plant. So yeah, the secret of El Dorado is from the 1500s, but people that bonsai, they know the amazing benefits of 
charcoal as a soil medium. So we've just taken it uh, back to the 50s where uh, Albrecht realized that people were not getting minerals that are, you know, extremely important to one's human health. Right. So the soil that uh, was washed down from Canada and came into uh, North Dakota. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Back again. Now we got you. Just one. Just. All right. We got you. So you got cut off there. So, you were talking about coming down from Canada into North. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the green belt. The glaciers pushed minerals down from Canada into places like North Dakota. There is a regenerative guru named uh, Gabe Brown, and he's insisting through his process he can create a mineral-rich soil anywhere on the planet, but we disagree with him. He's got a huge advantage that he has all these minerals. So why we have train cars and semi-trucks, we're recommending that people do a soil analysis, realize what (laughs) Albrecht said is that we are lacking these minerals and they're depleted from the soil. So why not add the missing minerals to your soil so your produce can take them up and you can eat them yes well that makes sense so So, where are the minerals are the minerals coming essentially from all the biomass that you're cooking that's where they're coming from the chart negative no it it that is uh biochar has no nutrients no minerals uh, of benefit in it. It is just carbon. Huh. We're adding, we're adding these minerals. Why we have the ability to transport them around the planet? I see. To the compost, or you know, there's a variety of ways to charge biochar. You can put it in a tub of urine, and you can add sea crop sea, minerals. Sea crop. There's also amazonite. Azomite, Azomite, which is yeah. a rock dust. Yeah, we know that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, green sand, lignite, uh, fish hydrosolate. Um, like, and like I said, if we're just using what we've got, um, urine is a great one. There are so many different minerals and proteins in there. It does, and a lot of nitrogen and yeah. phosphorus. Like, like Bulletproof Coffee Guru said, I have the most expensive urine on the planet. I've <laughs> ingest so many supplements yeah. every day so yeah that well uh, kind of dabbles in that subject for what it's worth you too but i'm kind of crazy so don't go by me but i've done urine therapy mo- last 20 30 years i don't do a lot but yeah. maybe a cup half a cup in the morning just slosh it down yeah, uh, i don't know <laughs> bottoms up as Bryzer in ireland says and i yeah. uh, you might want to swish it around your gums and teeth okay. because uh, you won't be 
having to go to the dentist to deal with uh, dental problems, which not only are a huge amount of exposure to electromagnetics, but they'll want to give you some fluoride. and Sure. Right. Oh, that's a good so, advice. Yeah. So you could actually swish it around like gargle stuff before you, before you chunk it down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I, yeah, I am. You're actually using urine in this mixture to take the urine from your own urine and put it in there yep. to, to making the, 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 the biochar, right? Yes. Hmm. It's, we're inoculating it. We'll put it in a big 55-gallon barrel. And again, I have like a little visual, uh, Jenna and Brian's World on YouTube and okay. Odyssey, that I, I do like a gloss over in about 10 minutes about how, what our what our setup is okay. and how we're making our compost. But um, the, the urine will soak in... The charcoal will soak in urine for oh, all winter. We'll just save it because we oh. have such a large garden that we'll just build to in the fall and the spring. We'll have huge compost and then get it in, till it in. So that's our system. Everyone else, you know, it depends on your context. If you're just working on a raised bed, you can be, you know, one, a one, one five gallon bucket with charcoal, urine. You can get this stuff in periodically throughout the growing season have you been able so, to really determine other than taste with your health or any testing of what kind of benefits this has for all your good stuff that you grow have you been able to quantify it yes yes um it's called a refractometer yeah i know that and yeah. this it, it does measure not only sugars, but proteins yes. and minerals. So I have done experiments where I've gotten carrots from the store, yeah. carrots from the garden, crush it up, make some juice and look at it and look at the content and compare. Now, uh, there are some vegetables like garlic and burdock root that are, you know, all the way at the top, just in their nature. They just have so many minerals that are good for us. It's medicine food. Sure. But um, that that is a comparison that I can use and check on my greens throughout the year. And there's a chart, you know, where's a target zone of what a good vegetable has. Hmm. And you can wander around your local farmer's market and test things on site and then inquire do you use any biochar do you do a lab analysis on your soil uh generally you're gonna get the response no we just want to have things that look like they're beneficial and have, we, don't, we don't have time for that yeah. right and we're organically certified doesn't mean anything yes you know the regulators that that's part of this, you know, communitarian system, the regulations and how much they're paying. They feel like that's the work, but it's not. It can be organic. It can be like super low on the mineral scale. Yeah. Who Empty would know, calories. right? If it's just a certified organic, it doesn't mean that it's got the minerals in the right combo that we need. Correct. That's right. And small farmers that answer the question from, their uh, purchasers are you organic they respond no i have no interest in going through all of the procedures 
to get that certification. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to buy your vegetables from you. You pretty much need a full-time certification pencil pusher on your farm to be able to get that certification. It's, it's a huge problem. I'd, I'd like to, you know, kind of hit this broadcast out of the park with you, Patrick, and return to the secret of the El Dorado and down in the Amazon, you know, they are putting their humanure and urine into these clay pots and mixing it with charcoal Mm -hmm. And they transport that to where they're growing their food. So the problem that would come up in the world that you and I live in is, well, where is your food source for the humanure and urine? You need to have your own uh, setup not contaminated by pharmaceuticals well the whole uh community which is a word we never use because uh, we like to discuss this communitarian nightmare but recently where we live they shut down the yard waste recycling program because they can't control those gallons of roundup going off of every hardware store shelf it is contaminating your so-called uh, garden soil that you purchase at the store so yeah in the in the perfect world you're gonna need to control your little circle and not have a reliance on anything out there in the uh, wor world the that the system mm -hmm. that could uh, quite likely be full of poisons. If if you're familiar with a herbicide herbicide called Grazon, well, David the Good YouTuber is saying, "Yeah, I thought I'd go and get some." Uh, free hay and use it as uh, mulch but he realized it was killing everything and that's because it's contaminated with this herbicide that I think we could put in the category of Roundup well uh, I'm, I'm looking for the word uh, forever chemicals they yes. don't break down so oh the PFAS yeah, yeah in in the world of viral uh, biochar there there is a guy in Pennsylvania and he realized that these PFAS PFAS mm -hmm. are not uh, removed through a composting process so he is taking a sewage sludge and even though it's in a <clears throat> hydrated soaking wet state he's he's got a kind of biochar process that he can turn sewage sludge into 
a substance that is free of these forever chemicals. And because currently there's a lot of sewage treatment plant sludge going on 40 percent like 40 percent of it is going on to croplands and that's the industrial yeah but that's what's happening wow. you know it yeah so 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 max's process is called hydrothermal carbonization it's like pressure cooking uh sludge htc htc is the process so yeah it, it doesn't seem like it's an accident because there are no accidents that this whole carbon thing going on with the globalist could be actually what we need to to save the world i guess is what, you know what i'm saying this carbon is very important oh yeah it's everything, it's everything. and you on the on the periodic table, I think its number is six six six, or it's because it's got six of everything. So, well, <laughs> there you have it. But yeah, we'd like to not leave it up to Big Brother to solve the problems that they're creating. Right. And our take on it is, in the now, what you got repurposing and making something like biochar, backyard biochar can be really helpful and at the same time it ensures your food quality well not necessarily but that care that care that's what we're doing and that's what can be done and it doesn't have to you know it doesn't have to go on record of the carbon credit system because that system is being built things like farmers are being put on blockchain to get some more credit you know it's all just yeah that's where they're woodlands. going isn't it? yeah did you see the quote from john Kerry yesterday something about you know Kerry? i guess he's the he's the climate change czar right now right he's a, he's the guy um okay john Kerry says well, yesterday nope. u.s farmers must radically transform food production to meet net zero emissions by 2030 so they got this whole thing where you got to be net zero carbon or if you're not, well, then you have to give us your cows like they're doing in, in, in Europe, right? I mean, these people are lunatics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, it is crazy. And, you know, we live on a port. Olympia, Washington is, there's a pretty big port there. Mm -hmm. And a couple summers back, I was seeing semis and semis of steers going on ships from coming up from Oregon. And I'm um, just like, they can't afford to keep their own cattle. So somehow it makes sense to put them on a boat going to China. Cause there's a ship, a massive ship that wow. comes all the way down the Puget sound to our little port from China. How does this so all Patrick, fit in? I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if you're familiar with a popular YouTuber called Allison McDowell. I've heard the name, uh, Brian, but I have not seen seen his stuff or her stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, the reason why I brought it up is because she is throwing R.F. Kennedy Jr., who's running for president under the bus. Yeah. And her her big thing is uh this environmentalism has been taken over by those that want to make sure that your 
digital ID is tracked and traced through your environmental efforts. Yes, yes, yeah. So this is exactly what we ran into with our attempt at making biochar is it appears as though it's uh, crucially important in order to keep your head above water in this process is that you sign up for the carbon credits. So that's going to involve, you know, being big enough that it would warrant your data collection and your accreditation. Mm -hmm. And if you're not big enough, you could set up a co-op or a group of other small timers that are also making biochar. And eventually then you could uh, ask to be given compensation. I mean, there's other chuckleheads, uh, Josiah Hunt, a uh, big biochar advocate, but he's the first to say, you know, biochar is very valuable, but not compared to the value it has in carbon credits. So, yeah, what we are dabbling in, that being us three, mm -hmm. we're looking at the importance of this new form of carbon currency or what Allison McDowell is calling community currency. So, yeah, uh, you and I, Patrick, have not discussed the word communitarianism, but in the event you're open to it, I'd like to at least dabble on it because... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jenna and I were interacting with a group on the internet here, and it became very apparent that these people were not as interested in biochar as they were of creating a new form of global governance, which we thought was socialism. Right. But in further, you know, looking into it, it became very apparent that the communitarian form of global governance is where the world is going that would include allison mcdowell and rf kennedy jr so it is not a right left it is a blending of all of the dialectical divisions communism capitalism <coughs> Socialism. Socialism is... Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. Isn't that a good thing to blend them all together in one pot? No? <laughs> Not, good. Not good. If you want one world government, I, I mean, see. we already have... Yeah, yeah. We already have communitarian law, mm -hmm. which is the law of the European Union. But yes. do you think any... Uh, Americans have ever heard of it? Hell no. No. Mm -hmm. no, but and but the funny thing, well, it's not the funny thing, but laws like just they 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 govern behavior because people respond to laws. So it gets put on the news. Right. This is a new law. And then 
people's behavior changes. And if you're getting paid for those change-making behaviors, like all of these social policy organizations, they're not voted, they're not, nobody voted for them. That's another indicator of who a communitarian change agent is. And they're everywhere. Things about with the ESG compliance, that, that seems to, you know, it takes on the UN sustainability goals. If, if they're there and they're shifting people's behaviors and careers, the careerists out there that are taking it on saying, yeah, I'll benefit. I'll get paid for it. The government positions that are taking these things on, yes, we'll sit through uh, some nonverbal communications course. You know, all of that stuff builds towards this movement that's all inclusive. It doesn't leave anybody out. Community policing. It ends up your neighbors are the ones that you need to be, you know, more concerned with because they can get credits for tattling on you. This whole carbon credit thing is all tied into it with this Green New Deal. This whole thing is about credits, right? Credits, which is the, the new currency with the central bank digital currency stuff? I, I Yes, wow. yes. And, and we're not there yet. And I believe it is biblical mm-hmm. what is going to be required for a one-world government. Yeah. Well, you need the judicial, in other words, the European Union, which I'm insisting is here in the united states although nobody ever mentions the c word Hmm. so you got the judicial and then you're going to need a currency yes which i'm insisting is the carbon currency so what's missing is the religion we we all need to practice the no hide laws and uh you you are not allowed through uh a bunch of chuckleheads like handsome truth down in Florida. Now we'll, we'll have laws that will make it a felony for anybody that criticizes a certain religion. Yes. So now we've got, uh, Adam green, very popular YouTube channel on odyssey. And he's saying it's a setup. (laughs) This whole Christianity thing is, you know, going to bring about, we all need to worship the uh, God of the Jews or you're, you're going to be taken out in the, I don't know, apocalypse. Uh, I'm not a big researcher on this religious thing, but yeah, we've got those three aspects covered for one world government. So you asked, well, what, What's wrong with uh, one big uh, kibbutz? That's my yeah yeah uh, response. I I think nation states would be great, but in the world of uh, national socialism, you have to keep in mind what Larkin, Texas, who's been at this for 15, 20 years. Uh, nation states have been eliminated. It's, it no longer exists. So that is not going to be uh, an option for us. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, so, so explain on the carbon as currency. I'm kind of, how does that tie in 
you too with the with the central bank digital currency, and so I don't understand how they how it ties in with the carbon thing. I'm kind of lost there. Well, there is a an, an outfit here in Seattle called Nori, mm-hmm. and they are a carbon market a, a carbon marketplace to attach farmers to people that want to buy these credits to offset their footprint team up with like microsoft right so microsoft can still keep polluting but they've paid into their carbon market to balance out their footprint right okay okay so we we've listened to many of these interviews and you know they're a whole young group of people that believe that you know carbon needs to get they believe it all they believe the the climate change. Yeah, the and whole thing is built. Excuse me, isn't the whole thing built on a lie? I mean, I mean, the whole thing is built on a fraudulent precept that carbon's a problem. You know, whatever, right? I mean, the Green New Deal. It's never been proven. None of this has been proven to be accurate, has it, uh, Jenna and, and Brian? That is correct. It has not. And they've been working at it for a long time. Yeah. So the Club of Rome right. and them going back saying we're going to use the cl-. and then 15 years in the education system. Um, my son, when I don't know, the 2007, eight digital citizenship was on the report card really? and when a, for a seven year old and all that they, you know, they the education took that entire generation. Yeah. They all believe it. And uh, that's how they did it. So that's why all this inclusion thing is so good, what they're going for. They want everybody just to be in one pot so they could have one government and they tell you what to do and they control it. That's Yeah, Allison McDowell calls it the ant computer because for some reason she's chosen to crawl under a rock and not use the word communitarianism. Hmm. It is. It is the hive mind. Yeah. It is the we are all in this together. Yes. This, this uh, is the subject matter that needs to be discussed because everywhere I turn, it's there in my face. But for some reason, much like the word biochar, it is not going to be discussed until it is fully implemented. Yes. These communitarian word will not be discussed your guest tomorrow uh, space busters he entitled his fakeologist interview fake ass communitarianism <laughs> well okay uh we have a lot of pontificators out there that are uh setting us on a path towards understanding but I really didn't think that title was uh, the perfect way to have people look into. I mean, there is a Nikki Rapana woman who was living just a little north of downtown Seattle. And, yeah, she saw the big brother coming into her neighborhood and demanding access to have a look around her rental house and having been a daughter of a marine drill sergeant she said the hell you're coming in here without a warrant 
And that led her to looking into a pilot project in Seattle that happened in the late 90s and helped half the people that she went and talked to, the politicians and the government bureaucrats, they didn't know what communitarianism was. But she saw the Amitai Etzioni book on their shelves and she discovered that this program exists. This communitarian system is the big kahuna. And we we choose to try and advocate for people pinning the tail on that donkey, not Patrick Wood's technocracy. At least identify it because it is a local, regional, federal, global template and the, it's all using the word ba- like there's so many different buzzwords but balancing the rights of the individual against the rights of the greater community right. and we and it's no one in particular that community and that goes in medicine academia law you know it, there's so many different ways to identify it and i i think once you start to identify it you can see well they've got an agenda here and it's probably not in my best interest to join in yeah it feels like a spiritual agenda is opposite of what i believe is the truth that we're all spiritual beings and we're totally absolutely unique unique and we all have different uh debits and credits karmically Right, but we're all we come into this reality with different carbon, uh, not carbon credits, but karmic credits. So we don't really come in all men are created equal. We all have pluses and minuses coming in. So we're not all just one big blob of. We're separate. We're unique. I like that. Right. I, absolutely, and there's no way that you can. Um, Determine what that role is if you're in some collectivized exactly. yeah. grouping. And that, you know, that was another thing that I noticed in my son's uh, uh, elementary school. They never had, they stopped, they started doing all these group projects yeah. where no one person was in charge to do all the different aspects of a project. So what I was seeing out when he like my son really wanted to be in a group all the time it, that behavior kept encouraging him to not be that individual to begin you know do a project on your own beginning ending you know see it all through learn all of the problems that happen and solve them mm-hmm. that sort of thing has been worked out in the education sphere but i really like the karmic credit right. that he just said we got karmic right. credits and debits and yeah we got yeah i like that <laughs> and we do and, and so but that doesn't mean that we don't want to help each other and, and and do stuff together right just the opposite we want to do stuff together and, and and learn about each other and know that we are different and unique but the same at the same time we are one so yeah, on to that subject, uh, Jenna and I met when we put out a uh, request, anybody that wants to put up loose hay. So that's old school with wagons and pitchforks and a hoist that grapple hooks, a 
half a wagon load of hay and uh, brings it up into Uh the loft of the barn. And yeah, that's how Jenna and I met. She showed up with her uh, 10 or 12 year old. No, he was seven. He was seven. And yeah, he looked around and said, well, hell, it's almost noon. It's scorching hot out there in the field. I think I want uh, Brian's job. He just uh, (laughs) waves his hand and jumps up and down and he's running things. I'll hang out with Brian. What we were doing was a collective effort. 12, 15 people, a lot of people brought their own pitchforks. They knew what loose hay was about. It's old school. And in the world of logging, you have a half dozen guys that would give you their shirt off their back and trust you with their life. This kind of, I hate the word community because... Yeah, we were interviewed by Kate Mason in Australia, and she's community this and that constantly. What I think happened 2,000 years ago is somebody said, let's set up this scenario so in 2022, they'll be arguing, is it every man for themselves, last man standing, or is it one great big Jewish kibbutz. <laughs> and I don't want to be part of that dialogue. I, I accept that I love to chat with the neighbors, come by out at the mailbox. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to come look at our garden? I mean, this is cool as hell. Yes. But at the same time, I don't want the community to override my rights as a private entity yeah so yeah they, they're playing us yes. right and it, we've seen it most with this whole covid you yeah. know the past yeah. three years we've seen the effects we've seen the damage returning to nikki rapana Test one, two. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, we got you back. Great. The last thing you said before cut okay. off was uh, a person, uh, Rapana. Nikki Rapana. Yeah, Rapana. that's R A A P A N A. Her uh, s- still available website, Nikki Rapana.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. She was you know involved along with larkin texas for 15 20 years in a blog discussion and many of her listeners said okay well nikki yeah this is uh really horrific what you're describing how are they going to implement this and she couldn't answer but then along call came something called covid yes at which point she said, okay, this is it. <laughs> this answers that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's all an illusion, like uh, an hallucinary, an illusion of a locomotion train, <laughs> you know, just like this, <sighs> a ghost train. As Dr. Cowan says, but, it's just a fairy tale. It's all fairy dust. 
It's all fairy dust. The whole thing was a psychological mm-hmm. operation. But uh, you did mention Amitai Etzioni, and he's an author. Uh, he, so he's a professor. He was at uh, Washington. George Washington. George Washington College on the U- East Coast. University. University. Mm-hmm. He published probably like 30 different books in the spirit of community. Um, I mean, he's been foremost, a social policy maker, and he was international originally from uh, Israel, well, served German, in the Germany. IDF, but he had a huge hand in uh, um, influencing UN- United States presidents yeah. since Jimmy Carter. Sure. So, like, there's just been these people in the shadows. He was also one of the first members of the Open Society of George Soros going back to the 70s. They've been working on these things for a long time. Oh, yeah. But that <laughs> oh, guy... Yeah. So, just to clarify, Amitai Etzioni, uh, born in Ge- Germany as a Jewish heredity, was transported to Israel, where he became a terrorist, I believe, involved in the uh, David Hotel bombing uh, against British you know, rule of Israel. And then he gets transported in 1958 to the United States, and he's been an advisor to every president since Jimmy Carter. Wow. So this is what Nikki Rapana discovered on all of these politicians' bookshelves when he she is investigating what this pilot program in Seattle was all about. Well, it's communitarianism Hmm. and we continue to have people say well no it's communism Mm -hmm. or they'll use the term uh, capitalism when it's really not capitalism it's crony capitalism there is a amitai etsy i'm sorry uh adam no amon jobby and We've been promoting him to go on and talk about his uh, technology nightmare that he was involved with and now is presenting himself as a a battler of technology up in Montana. But he continues to promote Rosa Corey. Yeah, I know her. Which Rosa... And and Amitai, I'm sorry, and Nikki Rapana had many interactions, and at a certain point, they split the sheets. The problem is, if you want an explanation on communitarianism, you will only get half the story from Rosa Corey. She is of Jewish ancestry. She was employed as a eminent domain uh, government official or you know that that, that was her employment uh-huh. and so we're gonna get half the job from Rosa Corey but here's Amon Jabi who's also from San Francisco her hometown and yeah I got a a tiff with these people because uh, 
I, I can't remember the broadcaster's name, but he would start his broadcast with now for the rest of the story. And this is crucial that we, we accept that like Adam green says, uh, the Jewish Israel subject is not off the table. We need to accept in the United States that two or 3% of the population has over 75% control of everything. So we need to uh, not allow this to be an off the table subject. We need to embrace the discussion of all points of view. And I will conclude with, you know, investigation does not, I'm, I'm sorry, the truth does not uh, exclude. exclude investigation. You have to be open to all aspects of information. And yeah, th this, this is a, huge problem in our making some headway yes sir there was a day uh, well 20 30 years ago in radio wife if you even broached the idea of this whole jewish idea and the ownership and control hollywood and all that they would just take you off the air man they would just boom true yeah they would they would they would shut you down real quick so uh, with your permission, could we uh, revisit the food production uh, here in America? Oh, you want to do it now? Sure. Before we go, let's do it. Let's do it. So there is a woman who wrote extensively 10 years ago, uh, the communitarian trap dot and I'm not going to read it word for word, but basically she dabbles in this food subject mm -hmm. and the title of this page that is on her site is the big setup. So what is going on and she is uh, pointing it out is that this whole push for local food and uh, community gardens mm -hmm. and, you know, backyard gardens. What our opponent is doing is promoting both local food and the GMO industrial farming, which is all over the United States, that we are... Uh, able to grow vast quantities, but what she is pointing out that we're being played, the local, regional, small gardens around what are going to be 15-minute smart cities, they will be <coughs> having to deal with credential ism 
they, they are going to have to be regulated and controlled so the autonomy that Larkin, Texas has been advocating for where, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't want to have the data surveillance that Allison McDowell talks about. I don't want it on my private property. I just want to produce my own food. And if I want to sell it out on the corner or trade or trade that that would be something i can do but i don't need your big brother regulations because there's a pretty famous alex jones youtube from 12 years back and it describes neo-feudalism and Marketalism? I'm sorry. Yeah. Mercantilism. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what what he is trying to say is, if you don't uh, abide by Big Brother's rules, we will weed you out. So, what this communitarian trap lady has to say is. It's, it's pretty clear that the plan is to get everybody regulated to the point and dependent upon the local food, the non-GMO from industrial agriculture, and then they'll just shut that down. It's like having a city inside of a gate and you just shut off their water and you don't allow them to have food until they give up that's Mm. what alex was trying to get across so yeah we are seeing the incrementalism incrementalization incrementalism i got you of yeah you can't burn you know, we have burn bans at certain times of year. Oh, the air quality's down. You, you aren't allowed to make biochar at this point. And there'll be urban growth boundaries that come out our way. And you are no longer allowed to burn outside. You need to send it all to the recycling center. Right. So I don't want to take up your whole broadcast. Right. I wanted to get no, I, that's important stuff. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Before you go, so you have your own land up there, right, that you're on. And what do you have? You say 10 acres or so? Well, we're on eight acres, but we're caretakers here. Caretakers. So we don't actually own it, but we have a, a really nice agreement set up, and that's why we have oh, our cool. a big garden set up for ourselves. And Brian has a portable sawmill, too. So we have a big footprint on someone else's property and it's been manageable it's a large enough property where we have privacy so what's some advice to that you can give to people listening around the world that do not have any kind of a little thing to set on and with their food there's some way they're going to be able to stay out of all this crazy land stuff well for sure if they have an interest in agriculture 
and being outdoors and working with nature, that's it. It's like identify mm-hmm. that material. And with a wheelbarrow, a truck, maybe a chainsaw, a machete, start small and see how that improves other people's lives by removing this stuff and then making that. We have arranged at a time where we took down a tree and asked the property owner, they had four acres, if we could dry it and make char there in six months. And she agreed. Hmm. So that those sort of ideas and I the the thing of turning it's repurposing waste into something that's useful. Yeah. So putting on those goggles, that would be something I would recommend. So I'm gonna say that Max Egan just did an interview. His suggestion is you run as fast as the next little bunny rabbit off into the bush with your knife and your rope and try and uh, remove yourself from the coming apocalypse. What we're interested in where we live is I want to figure out a way to do it here and encourage others as, you know, Jenna has a 20 something year old son when he was 12 or 15. uh, He loved the social world of his uh compatriots and give me a dozen adolescents that want to cut some brush and make biochar and create something of value in that that could be tradable because i don't want to be part of the carbon currency or community currency that allison mcdowell is blathering on about right but you're securing your own food yeah yeah and allison mcdowell this gal is um she's in with jfk jr rfk jr she no she she's trying to throw him against the bus throw him (laughs) under the bus along with everybody else that she's ever interacted (laughs) with with the exception of jason bosch who she loves yeah uh i'm thinking shill plant spook gatekeeper uh they have to fill a void with uh this information and you know we advocate for people to listen to dr martin paul in portland oregon if allison wants to talk about the dangers of technology why has she never interviewed dr martin paul and talked about you know this is killing us it's the science is in this technology is dangerous and yet we just keep pushing forward with it we look at our adolescent kids addicted to video games and looking at their dumb phone every two minutes uh Allison doesn't want to talk about this. Why is that, Allison? I think because she's here to fill a void. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Martin Paul on some years ago. He's very interesting. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah, very interesting, Phil. Yeah, very interesting. Well, you two, you're a handful, both of you. I love you. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> it was, we had much more than biochar. We just went everywhere, right? We sure did. Can can we sign off with a request to have Larkin, Texas on? Because when you're talking gurus of communitarianism, uh, he can fill in the void. Well-researched. 
Yeah. Yeah. Larkin, his name is Larkin, Texas? Yes. But he, he'll help really flesh out this uh, communitarianism thing even more than we did he here will. today, right? Larkin, Texas. Yes. And maybe yes. you guys could go and have a beer sometime. Yeah. He's in Texas. Yeah. yeah I, uh, hasn't he been around forever in the whole patriot movement with IRS and all? Isn't that the fellow? IRS and all these things? Well, people people confuse him with Larkin, Larkin Rose. Larkin oh, yeah. Rose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm thinking Larkin Rose. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, it's just a real fun having you on. So, is there something that I hear you that you you had some concerns about what Steve is talking about in communitarianism or not? Are you guys on the same page? I think he took in enough to say it's fake. It's not a real thing. And, uh, you know, just like all of the other things and lies and deceptions out there, but there's more to it. I mean, I, I think that um, well, in-depth understanding of how long this is going on. Right. I, I, you know, we, we introduced the subject just like we introduced Biochar to him and he introduced electroculture to us. Um, we're just exchanging information and he did get, you know, a once over. And from my perspective, uh, I love Steve Faulkner. He's great. He is great. And we said, you know, if you wanted to make a contribution towards changing the world and you have your movie making abilities, uh, if upon some investigation of this communitarian nightmare, you could help us create some kind of hour and a half long documentary on this subject because yeah especially where we live here every news story is oh we've had a terrible shooting at a stop and rob gas station but fortunately the community is here yeah yeah so try and tell me communitarianism doesn't factor in and yeah if steve wants to blame it on the jesuits that's completely his call it's 20 year long history of we're going to do a 9-11 documentary interview tomorrow we're going to discuss did the jews or the jesuits do 9-11 <laughs> well i'm sorry steve but uh clearly they're both in on it let's get over this nonsense and get on to we're being played one big game well um i guess it's no accident that Barack Obama was a community organizer. Is that just an accident there? Uh, yeah, it's no coincidence. He's, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. One of his advisors, I we did hear a clip once that one of his advisors or czars said, Barack is a communitarian. So we hear it here and there. Yeah. And Jenna, Jenna grew up in the outskirts of Chicago. So yeah. she is familiar. Well, I'm sure glad Barack is there to save us all. I'm just really... Feel better. <laughs> Feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> all right, you two. Thanks. Now on on YouTube, what is the name? How do they do it? Just put. Did you say Brian and Jenna's world? Is that how you find you? That's the title of uh, uh our most recent video that goes through our world and our composting. Okay. okay. Brian and Jenna's world, and my YouTube channel's name is A Squirrel. A, A space. S-Q-I-R-L. 
So, no you. Yeah, no. So A Squirrel, that's a YouTube channel, correct? That's a YouTube channel? Yes. Yes. And, and they, I'm on Odyssey. And Odyssey. And you can also put in uh, Brian and Jenna's World in a YouTube. That'll probably find some stuff too, right? It, it'll it'll find my channel and you'll see all of the hundreds of videos of us uh, and all the different things that we do on this property. Well, um, that yeah. are required for when you break a leg and you have to stay in bed for two weeks because yeah. it is 80s home video quality. That's yeah. Fine. Well, that's fun. Well, uh, I, I must say it's an honor to have you guys on and uh, come the revolution. I'm glad you're on our side, my side. So. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. We we enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. You guys take care of yourself. Stay out of trouble now, okay? Okay. Okay, bye. Okay. okay. Brian and Jenna. Bye, bye now. Bye. Well, we got through it in the, at the second try. And, and you know, the, the, the internet thing wasn't happening there for a while. It is Jenna Shaputis and Brian Bennett. We'll put this up on the audio and also load this up on BitChute. And I'll send you guys the... Um, the link on the bit shoot so you can share it with friends and family and all the community organizers in your area. So we <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow with Steve Falconer, Space Buster Steve, tomorrow, 10 o'clock Central. I love you all very much. Thanks for being here. It's an honor and I appreciate your support. Take care of yourself and may the blessings be. Know the Source on One Radio Network.